Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I've got my two best rosary buddies together with me. That's right. Very special. I got Ziggy Rodriguez. That's me. And I have Thomas Patrick Dory. Hello. Uh, that was my uh, you went to Harvard voice, <laughs> even though you didn't. So, and that's kind of a good thing because you're a better man. Got the for shirt. It. Yeah, you are. You're you're Doesn't looking. Do anything for you, but well, looks you know, good. Yeah, yeah. You look you look good. You look. You're way off, man. I am off, and so let's, back in let's get back into the groove, as it, it were. We are continuing our deep dive into the five glorious mysteries of the Most Holy Rosary of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and we are. Just where we were talking about each one of these mysteries one by one, and this is our last series of five mysteries. Uh, we've done the other uh, three, and now we're going to do this last one to sort of wrap up our our deep dive into the mysteries of the Rosary. And and we've uh, we've really enjoyed doing this because it just helps us as Catholics. We can get into rote memorization. We can get into uh, you know what Father Blunt would call a machine gun rosary. We can we can get into doing things that are just basically habit, uh, and there are good habits. Also, prayer can be a good habit, but sometimes we don't stop and think about. We don't stop and smell the flowers, as it were, mm-hmm. in the rosary. And so this is a way to do that. Uh, man, I should have started that at the very beginning of this whole of all four sets of mysteries. You know, been perfect. Stop and smelling the flowers of the rosary. Mm. That's what we're doing here, and so it just brings it into more focus, and it just helps uh, really to make that devotion a little more uh, powerful. And so now we're talking about the second glorious mystery, which is the ascension. Jesus ascends into heaven, uh, and there's just uh, there's a lot to talk about here. I, I will say. Uh, this isn't the first time we've talked about the Ascension. That's right. And in, in fact, it's not the first time people have talked about anything in Catholicism. There's a lot of, <laughs> right. you know, Christianity. For some reason, we just keep talking about Jesus. You know, and there's, it's there's been around just a little while. That's right. We, we yeah, for, you'd think in two thousand years it'd be more than one episode right. of the Catholic Cafe talking about the Ascension, and it's true. Um, uh, so we may revisit a few things we said there, but but really, this is the first time we're. We're doing this as part of a deep dive into the mystery of the Ascension and the Rosary and how it plays out in the Rosary. So I just want to tell people we've done that, and but but we got some new material too. Sure, right? We got some new stuff and some new ways of looking at things. So, uh, Sam, we always like to have um, a fruit, uh, and that's why we invited you here because you are (laughs) you are our fruit maker. (laughs) Yeah, the, the fruit maker. And uh, you know, and so uh, you're our sm- schmuckerologist, <laughs> schmuckers. Uh, so, what is the what is the fruit going to be uh, for the ascension? Well, this fruit, I actually, I went to uh, Father Ben Bradshaw's garden and borrowed it. Oh it, yeah, Father Ben. He's he's like the, the the he's our head chef of the Catholic Cafe. Yes, he's he a, is. He's a friend of the Catholic Cafe. He's been on several times. He's the reason we have Nutella on our pancakes. That's exactly right. <laughs> yes, the Nutella cakes are named they're named after him. He's a nut. Anyway, <laughs> so what's our fruit? Well, so it is dialing down the drama, dialing up the trust in God. And that's something he did in a homily one time. It is, it is, yeah. It, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks when he when I heard that homily. I've never been able to listen to the Ascension uh, readings without thinking 
about uh, dialing down the drama, dialing up the trust in God. And we'll explain why during the course of this. But literally, every single time I pray the second glorious mystery, that is the fruit. This is literally the fruit that I pray, dialing down the drama, dialing up the trust in God. Um, And so we always do the scriptural meditation, but I think to kind of set it up and why this fruit is relevant here, like let's put ourselves in the apostles' shoes for a second. So these guys, they're ordinary fishermen, right, who are, or except, you know, you have people like Matthew, who's a tax collector, but generally speaking, these are ordinary guys. They're not, they're not studying in uh, the temple under rabbis. They're not superheroes. They're not military leaders. They're they're not government (laughs) officials. Right. Right. They're not well, they're not, uh, you know, well reputed for being men of great learning or anything like that. Um, But they're chosen. These ordinary men, they're chosen. Uh, to walk with Jesus for three years, they witness his preachings. They have intimate, personal conversations with him. They get to know him. He gets to know them. They witness his miracles, people getting raised from the dead. I mean, stuff that blow, would blow a person's mind to actually right. see, right? Some of them witnessed his transfiguration, right? I would imagine, though, that when the transfiguration was complete, even Jesus said, don't tell anybody about this. When they went down the mountain, <laughs> I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you are like, not going to believe you are not. What, yes, exactly. <laughs> I can't tell you about it, but it rhymes with Schmin's figuration. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. But, but so, like, all this stuff happens, and they had to have been so excited because, I mean, this this man who is God is telling them that he is the Messiah that all of Israel's been waiting for and praying for at a time. When when it it feels like it's most needed because the Romans are present, and and so they're walking with him through for three years, and then during his passion, what happens? Almost all the apostles scatter; they go into hiding. You know, the only one who actually stands by him is is the beloved disciple John. Peter, even after he's told that he will deny Christ three times. He does it. He does exactly as what as what was prophesied. Right. So they had all this stuff. They had all these. We'll say tastes of glory. Yes. And and you know what? Honestly, they might have been a little bit in some of these towns. They would have been kind of like rock stars. And I don't mean that they sure. ever saw this in some kind of selfish rock star way. But but they they were welcomed into a lot of places. That's right? a great By the point. Yeah, because they actually, there was a time when Jesus sent them out without him walking alongside them and said, you are going to cast demons out in my name. Right. And now, again, <laughs> there, there was no there, there was no pride in this for no. them, but they were in a place where they were, their lives were not always like threatened. Right. And they experienced that. They experienced that. And, and, and they saw that demons being cast out in, the na- in, in his name. They saw these ordinary fishermen. They saw people being healed by him pray- by them praying just as Jesus told them to pray. And then what happens? Well, And then when the passion actually happens, which Christ, by the way, has been telling them about it, that, that this passion is going to come, that the Son of Man must suffer and die in order to be resurrected. They scatter. Fear grips them. They go into hiding. You know, uh, Peter denies him three times, and then boom, the resurrection happens, right? And so, like, put yourselves in their shoes. They're walking with the risen Lord. They're seeing the Lord as he is. I mean, this, in his glorified body, I mean, this has to be the closest thing to Adam and Eve in the garden walking with the Lord, uh, with with the Father in the cool of the day. You know what I mean? Like, there they are. He is who he says he is. The resurrected Lord is walking among them, and he's walking among them for 40 days, and he's performing so many miracles. One of them says, we, we, you couldn't even 
you fill all the books in the world or something yeah. like that if you were to record yeah, all the no, things no, that he did during that, that time. Again, they're and now they're in the same boat again though. They're here with him for you know these these uh, these forty days uh, where they walk with him, and they're they're back in the boat of like okay. We didn't see this coming. We should have seen this coming. We didn't see it coming, but now here we are again. Yeah. Right? And everything's looking it's it's looking groovy. I mean, at the end of the day. <laughs> I mean, it really is. Things are looking up. We'll just say it that well, way. I mean, they probably felt pretty invincible, right? Because the, God showed himself to conquer death. Yeah. You know what I mean? So at that point, we've got, let's look who we're walking with. We're walking with him. And if we're going to get into an after school club, this is the club we want to be in. The yes, resurrection yes. club, right? This is, we want to walk with him. It's like. Yeah, the good good things are going to happen. And the worst thing is maybe one of them might have looked at another one and said, "Like, does he realize he's still got holes like in his hands and stuff?" You know, they might have. They might have. But but we in the scriptures, there's never a doubt. It doesn't talk about doubting at the beginning. They have to be convinced. Yeah, right, with Thomas. Right, exactly. But once, but these for these forty days, you know, they're trying to put it all together and. Hindsight's twenty twenty. We can look at it now, two thousand years later, and go like, "Well, they should have known. Yeah. They should have listened to him." Look, he says, "I am right there." He says, "He's the Lord." Oh, and look, and here they're doing it. He's saying he's going to, you know, tear, tear this uh, down and this body th- in three days. Oh, it'll rise again. And they're like, they're just like going, "Hey, who wants popcorn? Who wants? Who wants? We're, you know, we're watching this movie, and they, they don't really, um, they don't get it. Yeah, right? we get it, and we right. can look back at it. And here, I, I still don't think they fully get it. Right, right, exactly. And, and, and what I think they really don't get at that point is the fact that he's going to leave again, right? Because this is now we're bringing us to where we are with the ascension because they're walking with him. They're walking with the risen Lord. They're confirmed in their faith in him and their hope in him, right? And then, you know, he's, boom, he's gone. And, and remember, like the last time he was gone, they scattered. So, and this is before the descent of the Holy Spirit. Right, so these 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 same fears were probably there, right? And yet they stayed. They were more prepared this time, I think. They were more prepared, and they were told that the Holy Spirit would be coming, and they needed to pray for those nine days. And yep. and but they could have at that point scattered. Mm-hmm. You know, they had the ability to, and I'm sure those fears were there. And so, but they made the choice rather than freaking out and saying, what are we going to do now? Right. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> what is going on? They'd made the choice to dial down the drama and dial up the trust in God. Right. So that's, um, that, that's a great setup because uh, l- l- let's now read uh, from the beginning of the Acts of the Apostles. Like the, the first 11 verses is basically where the Ascension story takes place. Um, and then and, and it'll help us to get into this uh, just, a, just a little bit more uh, so that we can further unpack this. In the first book, Theophilus, I dealt with all that Jesus did and taught until the day he was taken up, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them by many proofs after he had suffered, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While meeting with them, he enjoined them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, about which you have heard me speak. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. When they had gathered together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He answered them, 
It is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has established by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When He had said this, as they were looking on, He was lifted up, and a cloud took Him from their sight. While they were looking intently at the sky as He was going, Suddenly two men dressed in white garments stood beside them. They said, Men of Galilee, why are you standing there looking at the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will return in the same way as you have seen him going into heaven. That that's I, I love, you know, Luke tells a good story, man. He, oh, yeah. he, he, he in another Life, another time, he would have been a scriptwriter for Hollywood. <laughs> you know, because it's a it's a great story. It's just, mm-hmm. and also some of the details he points out. Mm. I, I I mean I I, I love those that, because um, it it just helps us to be in that moment. It's almost like it's easier. Lectio Divina is easier with Luke and pas- passages. I think because of the way he describes them, it's mm. really easy to. To, to find yourself in the middle of that. Like, mm. What would I be thinking? What what would I be feeling? What what would I hear? What would I experience? And then you can really take that uh, that that scripture into your heart and then really ponder it as if you were there and it speaks to you in a much more beautiful way. I love Lectio Divina for that reason. Um, but as we listen to this uh, passage, as we've heard this passage, um, all those things we set up and talked about, you know, the drama. Yeah. You, you suddenly realize. Now, Again, it it helps in dialing down the drama, and that this is the second time Jesus has has left. Yes, right. Well, when I say left, he the second time in which something happened that they weren't expecting. Right, right. In a way where it's like, wait, wait, wait. wait. You said, and lo, his last words before he ascends, and lo, I'm with you to the close of the age. Right, and then whoosh. Right, you hear this whooshing sound, and he's not. But but, but, yeah, but <laughs> you just said, <laughs> you just, you said. But I really, I think one of the most subtle and underrated uh, little uh, images in Scripture is right at the end mm. when the the two men dressed in white. So we'll mm. we'll just go ahead and guess those are angels. Yes. Right, and and when those because they speak like angels. Right when I yes. when I when I'm hearing them, but they say men of Galilee. Why are you standing there looking at the sky? Now, the way I read it there sounded very holy, but it's like, men of Galilee, why are you standing there looking at the sky? Yeah. I mean, there's like this more like a... He's gone, bros. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, know? but it says, but don't worry, he's going to be back. And they're talking about, you know, essentially eschatology. Right. This will be, they're talking about the return. Right. Right. And this is, and this is... What we all are still waiting for, right? Right, that he will return. So, two thousand years we're, later, exact two thousand years. But there's something beautiful that what's what I think is so understated is when they say, "Why are you looking at the sky?" Because one of those guys, if there was like a realist in the group, he would have said, "Like, dudes, did you not just see what happened?" Yeah, I mean, and he could have gotten he could have gotten dramatic. Yeah, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I, I just he just went up. Right, I mean, just pointing up at the sky, but. Uh, yeah. Can't form words, you know. And the reality is, what they're saying is, why are you looking at the sky? Because they know why they're he's they're looking at the sky. But really, that's to say, you know, you can sit there fixated on the sky, but I'm just going to tell you what you really need to do is look down here 
to where us where your work is. Where your work is. Yeah. And you basically need to get to work. Right. All right. That's, I mean, essentially, it's like, don't be so dramatic. Right. What did Jesus say? Listen to all the things he said. And you know, what do they do? They start building a church. Right. I mean, almost immediately, the Acts of the Apostles is really about the unfolding of all that Jesus said in those three years. And then it plays out with the apostles, basically. That's why we get all these stories about Paul and Barnabas and Peter and all these people doing this and saying that. And, and then the council in Jerusalem and all these, all the things were the, 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 you know, the growing pains yeah. of the early church. But there's work to be done. But that work requires the descent of the Holy Spirit. And right now they're in that waiting pattern. Yeah, so, right? so they don't have all the gifts yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I think, so for me... Ever since I heard that homily from Father Ben in terms of we need to put ourselves in their shoes, dial down the drama, and dial up the trust in God. You know, I'm someone I can tell you from my own experience. There was a time in my life, this was early after my reversion, I realized God convicted me of the fact that I was actually sort of addicted to drama. Yeah. Because uh, I, I found myself getting in these arguments with all these different people, family, friends, work. It was just so easy. Part of it back then, I was a lawyer, and so lawyers argue, right? But I think a billable l- hours. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but then also, what would, would our lady actually showed me when I was praying uh, a novena, a rosary novena to Our Lady Undoer of Knots, uh, she showed me that when we are addicted to drama, sometimes we have, it's because we have a, a false sense of relevance. We are saying, I'm relevant because this person did this to me or this person did that to me, and we're hanging on to that as our source of relevance. But our, our, ultimately, our relevance comes from the fact that we are children of God who have been loved into existence, right? And and some and so ultimately, a lot of times when we give into drama, it's because we've forgotten sort of who we are, yeah. you know? And, and so... And drama can happen so easily, and that's the devil's playground. The devil loves to try to whip up drama. You know, there's a reason that Paul said our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with the powers and principalities of hell. You know, to help us navigate that drama to understand no matter how much drama might feel justified at the end of the day. And sometimes it's drama with ourselves, beating ourselves up, right, and getting locked in that as well. But, you know, I think I would invite the our listeners here when they're praying this second glorious mystery of the rosary of the ascension to to take a moment this is what i do to stop and ask ourselves do we have times in our lives where we are are ready to run away and hide where we might feel abandoned by god we feel under attack where fear is gripping us and we find ourselves caught up with drama including drama with ourselves drama with others i know that even though god has equipped me to kind of recognize that stuff and try to head it off at the past the devil has a way of trying to cre- get that to creep in mm-hmm. into our I lives. I know, and you know what? Sometimes we don't even realize it's happening as much, uh, but we start getting, um, I don't know, accustomed. I don't want to say addicted, but we, we become accustomed to the rush that comes. Like when you're talking about arguing yeah. or whatever, your heart starts beating fast, your blood <laughs> pressure goes up, right? That Your temperature goes up, and, and then the same thing happens in the room, wherever you are. And you start getting accustomed to saying, like, this is the only, the only time I feel alive. Yeah. Is when I'm starting to do these negative things, and that's what the devil wants us to know. Yeah. Right? And But at the very core, really theologically and philosophically, what's going on is that's where we're sort of losing trust in God. We're, we're not... We're not rationally stopping and thinking about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that, I love that we're, you know, we use our, our rational abilities to realize that we're loved. Yes. Right? And that's something that a lot of people, 
it's really hard for people to allow themselves to be loved, but there's really something to be say about like just take a minute, take a breath, take a deep breath, maybe a few of them, right? Just like what did your mom always say or whatever about before you get ready to say something nasty and mean, you know, count to three. Yeah. You know, count to three. And there's a, there's there's some wisdom there in terms of like just dialing down the drama. But But it's not just about dialing the drama down. When you do that and the adrenaline's gone, right, the rush is gone, the heartbeat and all that stuff, when, it's, when, when you dial down the drama, then you can rationally and reasonably start going like, God has got this. Yes. And I trust and believe that God has got this. Well, like I was saying before, you know, a lot of times we can forget who we are. And, and I think a way of thinking of it, we forget whose we are. We forget that we are his, yeah. that, that he's loved us into existence and whatever's going on in our lives. He always knew when he loved us into existence that we'd go through this, this period, no matter how tough it is and how surprised we might be that this bad thing has happened yeah. or some relationships have taken a bad turn, right? God in his goodness, he's, he has permitted this for reasons known to him and, and, we, we have to recognize that he is Lord and that there is a, a goodness to his permissive will and trust in the goodness of his permissive will. And just reminding folks at home, the permissive will, right, is it's not that God is willing evil or suffering on you, yeah. but he's allowing evil and suffering uh, to, to befall you. Um, for his uh, it, and and often it's going to be a mysterious reason. Sometimes this reason though is revealed to us later. Yes, right. Sometimes we can discover what God's permissive will was. Yes. in a situation, and 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 that's a good thing to do. Again, that comes when you dial down the drama, and you start going like, I, I don't fully understand this, but I do think that this is going to be okay because a I trust in God and I know that I'm loved, but also b It'll, I'm, I'm now. I can see these options, or I can see this way, this path before me. Either this path out of whatever situation I'm in, and there's something, there's something beautiful about that. In fact, the other thing I was going to mention about all this is, it's a good opportunity to say that one of the things I love thinking about, like with the ascension, is this image that I have when I pray that particular mystery. Um, is that like in the ascension, God on his own power ascends into heaven, right? But there's an upward trajectory Mm -hmm. to heaven. It it happened there, uh, you know, in 2,000 years ago in the physical ascension of Jesus into heaven. But it's something that if we ponder it, imagine if we're in a really bad place, right? You know, his permissive will has allowed some terrible suffering or burden, obstacle that's come upon us. Yeah. If we just, uh, you know, really just spiritually reach out and just hold on to his cloak, Mm. then in the ascension, we are reassured with faith and hope that he's going to raise us up out of whatever we're in. Mm. Right. And, And that to me has always been this, this positive image that I have with the ascension that only it only comes when you ponder the fact that Jesus like rose on his own power you know the power of God into heaven well he's going home to his father who is our father too that means it's also our home and and so yeah 100% and then and then, and then if we are trusting 
that he's got a perfect plan for us, even if that plan involves, and probably will, downfalls and yeah. sufferings and pain. We, you know, all of our our mistakes and all the sins, taking all those things into account, he's got a plan. Yeah. And that involves us trusting him. Yeah. God has a perfect plan that takes our mistakes into account and mistakes of everybody else. So we're not, we're, we can sometimes get in the way of God by beating ourselves up for our own mistakes or trying to beat up on other people for their own mistakes or get caught up in justifying ourselves. All that's beside the point. What matters is, because at that point, our focus is on our wills or on the wills of others. Our focus needs to be on seeking God's will. And that requires us to check ourselves, to make the choice to trust, to make the choice to surrender. And it requires sometimes first beginning with dialing down that trauma and making that choice to dial up the trust in God. Yeah. And one of the images that that we talked about in the last time we did a show on the Ascension, we talked about this, this image of like teaching a child to ride a bicycle. Uh, and the, the ascension is really like that moment where uh, the father who's running alongside the student, you know, and holding the bicycle and they're pedaling and they're working hard. And then the ascension is really that moment where the, the dad lets go mm-hmm. and then they're on their own power and they may fall and whatever. Right. And they may even have training wheels for a little while, but we really have to trust. We have to kind of take the training wheels off. Well, if our faith is about rebirth, renewal, and resurrection, then we're almost always going to be a beginner at something in our lives. And, and if we don't think that we're a beginner at anything in our faith life right now, we're doing something wrong. You know, yeah. we need to, uh, to challenge ourselves always to grow in new ways. And so there's always training wheels that need to get t- t- you know, taken off. And we're always going to probably, our, our, our little bicycle, our spiritual bicycle might take a tumble. Yes, <laughs> exactly right. That's exactly right. And, and we really need to trust and believe and know. Pope St. John Paul II talked about the fact that we're, we're always supposed to be in a state of constant conversion. Right? It doesn't stop. Right? We, 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 we've got to trust and we've just got to follow. Uh, and that's what really the ascension is all about, is just trusting. It's like, okay, Jesus, you gave me everything I need to know, uh, and, and, and I, you, we got this. Like, we, we can do this. And so now we await the descent of the Holy Spirit in our next episode, and, and, and more great things are going to happen. But for this little short period of time, let's just trust in God and, and just know that we're loved, allow ourselves to be loved. Uh, and let's dial down the drama, mm. right? Amen. And let's ask the Blessed Mother to be with us as we continue to journey through the rosary. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff.com at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com. You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe, serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.